The Leader Coronavirus Daily brings you the latest news, analysis, special features and interviews as we all attempt to get through this pandemic. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode and give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. When will London be ready to reopen? We've got to be prepared for a future in the short term, at least in London, that is nothing like any of us in our lifetimes have experienced. We speak to Mayor Sadiq Khan and learn about what happens when lockdown is eventually lifted. And... Spitfire fly pass for 100-year-old Tom Moore. The captains had a promotion too. The Evening Standard's Lizzie Edmonds and why Colonel Tom Moore has become such a hero. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, Sadiq Khan on life after lockdown. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The front page of the Evening Standard splashes a plea from the government to not risk all the hard work done now. It's from Justice Secretary Robert Buckland and comes as the lockdown shows signs of fraying. There are reports of more people on the streets and in parks. Traffic levels on the roads appear to be increasing. Businesses are pushing for restrictions to be lifted. Weatherspoons has slightly backtracked on a pledge to reopen around June by now adding with permission. That doesn't look like it's coming soon. But inside the paper and available online, the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has written about the challenges and opportunities that face the city when this is over. And he joins me now over Zoom. Mr Khan, first of all, is London ready to come out of lockdown? Well, it's been quite remarkable, London's response to uh, COVID-19. We followed the advice and uh, the vast, vast majority of Londoners have stayed at home and that by staying at home, they've saved lives by protecting the uh, NHS. It is the case now that I think it's time to treat Londoners like adults and involve them in the conversation about what easing lockdown, about what modifying lockdown looks like. In my view, 
uh, we will not return to business as usual and there will be a new normal and it's really important to involve Londoners in that conversation. You say treating people like adults there and you've written that in your column for the Evening Standard today as well. Do you feel that people aren't being treated like adults? Yeah, I'm well aware of conversations taking place within government uh, that the public aren't privy to about the sort of options the government is considering. And I compare and contrast the response of governments around the world who have uh, been honest with uh, residents about what if I lockdown, what lifting lockdown looks like. Uh, I speak regularly to the First Ministers of Scotland and Wales and both Nicola Sturgeon, uh, but also Mark Drakeford have published a framework of what lifting lockdown would mean. And I think we should have that same adult conversation with Londoners uh, and indeed the rest of England about what the new normal means. Are you then having trouble speaking to central government in getting help for London? Uh, I'm really pleased to report to, you know, uh, even standard readers that actually we've got very good relationships with government. I was frustrated at the delay in Boris Johnson involving me as the mayor with Cobra meetings and the delay in getting London around the table. But eventually we were invited around the table, eventually we're involved. I've been really impressed by the way the civil servants works with city hall officials and uh, myself, but actually the way Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland uh, and our government in Downing Street has been working collegially together. My argument is that we should involve the public as well in some of the conversations we're having behind closed doors, because actually we will need the goodwill, the cooperation and the support of the public if we're going to defeat COVID-19. And you've also written about the necessity for furloughing to continue. Can that really be done after lockdown is lifted? One of the things I support is the Chancellor's announcement in the various financial packages for individuals and for businesses. I've been lobbying for support, particularly for those who are currently missing out, uh, those in zero hours contracts, those who work in the gig economy. I think the point is this, I think some sectors may be able to ease the lifting of lockdown quicker than other sectors. So for example, I suspect that one of the first sectors coming out of uh, lockdown will be construction. Uh, and so that means that we can, the government can uh, re relieve the pressure on their finances by not having a furlough scheme for those in construction. But it is the case those who work in pubs, those who work in culture, those who work in the creative industries won't be able to come out of uh, lockdown as quick or have their lockdown eased. And for them, there will need to be support in the longer term because what we don't want is these people being unemployed, these businesses going bust, which will be a bigger burden on the tax payer in, in, in the medium to long term, but actually causes huge misery to those individuals and businesses involved. One of the biggest challenges I would expect is transport and transport for London. Is it ready for people returning to work? Well, we're at the moment working on plans for uh, lockdown being modified or eased and working about what that would mean. But let me tell you just one example of a challenge. On a normal day before lockdown, a carriage on the underground would carry, roughly speaking, 125 people. At the moment, to respect social distancing rules, really important. A carriage is carrying 20 people rather than 125. Now, if we're going to ease out of lockdown, we need to realise that actually we won't be able to socially distance on public transport, on tubes, on buses, on trams or overground. That means a number of things. Firstly, it means we need to learn the lessons from around the world, but also listen to experts in this country and around the world who are saying we may need to wear non-medical facial coverings to stop ourselves inadvertently passing on the virus when we are pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic. 
But the second point is that uh, we TfL rely upon uh, the fares from passengers to pay for the services we provide. For the last five, six weeks, we've lost more than 90% of our income because for good reasons, there have been a few people using public transport. We can't afford to run public transport unless the government gives TfL uh, a grant to support us doing so. So if we're gonna ease lockdown, we're gonna continue providing public transport, not just for essential workers, but for others that are starting resuming to work, uh, we will need support from the government to be able to provide a public transport system in London. But it sounds like London is gonna need a lot of financial support from the government at a time when the entire UK economy is gonna be taking a hit. Well, the good news is we normally uh, punch well above our weight. We contribute, roughly speaking, between 20 and 25% of our country's gross value added. And so we contribute far more in uh, taxes to central government than we re receive. I'm not wishing to declare independence for London and become a city state. What I'm saying is actually it's in the government's interest, it's in the nature's interest to get London back on our feet sooner rather than later. And that's what we will need support from the government in the form of grants for transport in, in relation to uh, ex extension of furlough to some sectors, because actually the more help we get from government in the short term, uh, the more we'll be able to resume uh, contributing to our country's prosperity sooner rather than later. When we eventually do out of come out of lockdown, you know, in the first stages, there may not be restaurants open, there may not be bars open. London's going to feel really different, isn't it? Well, London will feel different when lockdown is uh, lifted. There won't be the bars, the restaurants, uh, uh, the pubs that many of us went to, to mix, to interact, to fall in love, to have a good time, to raise our spirits. And we'll have to find new ways of doing that. There won't be for some time uh, social spaces being occupied in the way they were in the past. There won't be mass sporting events. We're a city that, in my view, is the cultural capital of the world. That is the sporting capital of the world. Well, you're not going to get the Wimbledons or cricket or filled music venues for some time yet. We'll have to find new ways to keep ourselves occupied, to keep in good mental health, uh, but also recognise that actually one out of six jobs in London is in the cultural and creative industries. We've got to make sure we look after those people in those areas. So what we're doing from City Hall is providing additional financial assistance and support in kind to these various uh, cultural and creative industries. We've announced today a 2.3 million pound package from City Hall. I just remind viewers of this, you know, after the Second World War, they literally weren't the live music venues and the pubs and the bars, they've been bombed. And we you know, managed to literally rebuild physically uh, these spaces for us to enjoy each other's company. And so although these physical spaces will exist, we won't be able to enjoy them. So I think the challenge is less big in some instances, but I think you're right. We've got to be prepared for a future in the short term, at least in London, that is nothing like any of us in our lifetimes have experienced. And you can read Sadiq Khan's article in the Evening Standard newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. Next. There has been calls, I think, since he even broke the million pound mark, which seems like a long time ago for him to be Sir Tom. The Evening Standard's Lizzie Edmonds on how Captain, now Colonel Tom Moore, has become a national hero. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hitting 100 years old is always an occasion, but few enjoy something like a Spitfire fly-past of their home. Tom Moore, though, is exceptional in many ways. He became a household name with his attempt to raise £1,000 for the NHS by walking laps of his garden. On the day of his birthday, that total has hit £30 million. And he's had a promotion too, as our editorial column delights in supporting. Captain Tom Moore has been promoted to Colonel Tom to mark his 100th birthday today. He's lifted the nation in tough times. The honour could not be more deserved. It was absolutely amazing. I was never expecting anything like that. But really, it is a great honour and now... I'm Colonel for at least for a minute or two. Colonel Tom Moore talking to Chris Evans on Virgin Radio there. The Evening Standard's Lizzie Edmonds is with me now over Zoom. And Lizzie, Tom Moore's had a bit of a journey through this crisis, hasn't he? He has indeed. I mean, just a few weeks ago, he was a very normal 99-year-old war veteran in a lovely home in Bedfordshire. And now he's possibly one of the most famous men in the in the country, if not the world. He's very much captured the hearts and the imagination and the kind of um, the spirit, I guess, of people at the moment during the lockdown. I mean, I think uh, him and his family, who appear regularly now on the on the TV, and um, kind of say they're the most surprised. He went from you know something that was supposed to be just a little challenge for him walking up and down his garden to make some money for for the NHS and for our frontline workers. He's now raised 30 million as of this morning. He's recorded a hit single with his idol, Michael Ball, which has gone to number one, making him the first 100-year-old man or woman to be top of the charts. And uh, he's now an honorary colonel. He's had a fly pass today. Um, two with the Hurricane and the Spitfire, which is incredible and a real honour. And um, he's an honorary member of the English cricket team because he's a big cricket fan. So quite a few weeks for, for Colonel or, or Captain Tom, as he's most fondly known. He was a famous man on Main Street In every town across the state And when the drama played that downbeat Well, they would dance the night away Why has the country taken him so much into our hearts? I think because he is just proof of what can be achieved when we all come together and when we put our minds and our into something. I mean, the situation we'll find ourselves in now is pretty bleak for a lot of people. And he kind of proves that some days you just got to get up and, and try your best and do something good for other people. And also we all back him, you know, he's someone who's fought for his country before and now he's them. Um, helping the people who are fighting on the front line, saving their country again. He's just, you know, the epitome, I guess, of British 
strength and, and solidarity and, and yeah, coming together and working together at times that are, are not ideal for a lot of people. He does have a remarkable attitude, actually. And when they had that Spitfire fly past near his home today, he was he was talking about that, wasn't he? And his own experiences of that and how he's kind of got to where he is today. Yeah, exactly. So today, about eight o'clock this morning, he was sat outside his home in Bedfordshire and a, and a, um, a Spitfire and a Hurricane were flown past by RAF pilots from Coningsby in Lincolnshire. He was there waving and smiling and looking at Quite visibly moved by it. So, Tom, if you just look straight ahead there, oh, yes, you see them. They're both utterly beautiful to fly, and I'll let everybody listen now to the lovely Let's sound yeah. of the Hurricane and Spitfire. And he said something that was quite nice and quite um, apt, I guess. It said, I'm one of the few people that have seen Spitfires flying ahead in, in anger now, because obviously uh, there's not many veterans left. Um, and today they were flying peacefully. And he remembers when they were flying, not with peace, but with anger. And I suppose, again, next week is their V-Day. And, um, you know, remembrance is always such an important thing for us as a country. And it's just an interesting sentiment there to be looking back and reflecting on something that was giving him so much joy, but that a few decades ago was a very different and very stark circumstance. And as you mentioned at the start there, he has been given this promotion at the age of 100 years old. He is now an honorary colonel. There have been a lot of calls for him to be given more rewards by the country also. Is there, is there a knighthood, do you think? Yes, there has been calls, I think, since he um, broke the million pound mark, which seems like a long time ago for him to be Sir Tom. Um, I think on BBC Breakfast this morning, which I was watching, someone spit that in as well, called him Sir Tom. Um, I mean, it would be lovely would hit for him, wouldn't it? And it, I, should, I would be very surprised if it doesn't happen. I mean, he's someone that, if you're thinking about the coronavirus pandemic and people who have come out of it and, and figures, you know, there's been people who have done lots of amazing things and there's many, many people on the front line doing amazing things. But as someone who kind of is emblematic of what we're going through at the moment, it would make a huge amount of sense for him to be Sir Tom. And he'd be thrilled. He'd be absolutely thrilled, I'm sure, as would his family, as would the nation. So, yeah, why not? Happy birthday, Colonel Tom Moore, from everyone at the Evening Standard. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.